This week on One Body Stewarding God's Creation, Jerome and Angela Schmeidler talk about raising girls in today's culture. Jerome and Angela are being interviewed by Divine Mercy Radio's on-air host, Kelly Roper. All right, so we're going to jump into here for an introduction. Jerome and Angela Schmeidler are no strangers to raising girls. They have five girls ranging in age from 11 months to age eight. Wow. Guinevere Mm -hmm. Liberty is eight. Evangeline Joan is six. Magdalene Ann is four. Antoinette Grace is two. Celestine. Celestine. Celestine is Claire is 11 months. Beautiful family. Jerome and Angela are also the owners of Messenger Catholic Books and Gifts in Hayes. There are a ton of books on how to parent girls out there. As a parent, I'm sure you want to do all you can to protect your girls from the culture. So do the two of you talk about it and create a plan? Yeah. um, I'd say I don't know if we, you know, we talked about, you know, a, a plan, so to speak. But as far as, you know, advice or books, um, we we came to the conclusion that most of the new books are pretty much garbage, a lot of them. They give a uh, lot of really bad advice. Um, the newer books yeah, do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just uh, especially, yeah. we've heard um, parents uh, mention no, no negative reinforcement at all, you know, all positive, which is so contrary to how people have been raised for thousands of years. Um, yeah, I think anything, if you, if you really wanted a parenting book, I think anything by uh, Dr. Ray Garendi is yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, but I think a great fallback would just, you know, parenting is biblical. It's all in the Bible. And uh, Fulton Sheen, his yeah. words of wisdom ring true throughout, you know, all the, all the time. So um, yeah, he has he a, a parenting book out. A, yeah, it's That's a really, really, good. really good small book or, or anything that, you know, your, your parents taught you or your grandparents. Their advice typically is going to be much better than anything, some kind of, I don't know, some kind of, you know, psychobabble or any kind of uh, um secular book on mm-hmm. on parenting i mean i guess where what are the fruits of modern parenting you know mm-hmm. if you look at the world and i think so, a lot of the parenting like, books especially for girls have a lot of um secular feminism weaved through yeah and i think it's really important that we raise young women to appreciate their god-given role as a woman rather than you know trying to convince them that you know, they're, that they can do what, what men can do. They can do what men can do, but they need to embrace their God-given role that God gave them to be as women. And I think the secular feminism tries to uproot that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, our lives look a lot different um, than other people's lives. I mean, we don't have cable or, you know, we try not to, we don't have any social media um, to try and keep our kids off of that because I think that it's really um, um, destructive for women. And, and there have been studies that have been done on, on the social media and the aspects that, you know, I can't think of anybody, at least not very many, who post the bad things that are happening in right. their lives on yeah. Facebook. Yeah. You know, it's right. all the yeah. the positive and the glory. And when we compare, you know, which is something that, that is, it's very common, especially it in is, the teenagers. In teenage girls makes yeah. them feel inadequate. And yeah. I think that girls have a tendency to compare a little more than, than boys do. Yeah. And so when they look and, and they compare themselves to others, it really, it really, um, 
tears down their self-esteem. And I think, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, an adult having social media because they're already formed and confident in who they are. But as a young girl, constantly being bombarded with ads and, um, like you said, the, the people post uh, just like what's ha- happy and kind of fake sometimes. So yeah. I think it can um, really damage the psyche of a, of a growing young yeah. girl. Kind of. Uh, they form their their value on what other people think of them, yeah, and yeah. that's not where your value comes from. Right. So, yeah. you know, they kind of try and live up to that facade, or mm-hmm. you know, like you said, everyone everyone will have you know just good moments or happy moments. But you know, I mean, parenting's not easy, and it's not easy being a teenager or no. you know a child. So. Yeah. Yeah. And so you guys are one of those parents, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 You hear yeah. That? yeah. We're not the very popular ones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> I knew my life had come full circle when my son, who's 30, started quoting Dr. Ray Gurendi. You know, he's quoting Dr. Ray Gurendi to me. I was like, okay, I know I've come full circle at this point, you know? <laughs> hey, you so, can wear that as a badge of uh, honor, I think. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so talk about a little bit about, you know, how you go about really raising you know, your children, you know, in the faith and and really teaching them faith, teaching them to love Jesus and teaching them to, you know, not embrace the things of the world. We have to be in the world. We have to do that, but we don't Mm -hmm. have to be of the world. Uh, It's been a process for us, just like, I mean, just like every family. Um, We've kind of you know, you've got to try th- different things, kind of see what works and what doesn't. For us, what we've, what's worked for us is to, A, we're, you know, we're starting young. We're, you know, besides going to mass, we've uh, started to take the kids to adoration. Um, the girls alternate, which they really like. Um, so it's kind of their weekend to go. And and then also we've talked, at, at times I think religion has been used as a punishment. like. You know, if you're, you know, if you're bad, you're gonna go to an extra mass. Well, we we kind of set the opposite. If they're bad in church, they're gonna be taken out of church and possibly taken home, and they don't want to be home. Mm-hmm. Like so, you know, we've kind of tried to, you know, remind them that being able to go to mass is a privilege. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to pray is a privilege. People in other countries get arrested for praying. They get arrested for going to mass. And so even like if we'll go to, you know, once in a while we'll go to a weekday mass. Afterwards, we'll take them out and get like ice cream. Um, we're tr- you know, we want them to know that uh, prayer is good. Mass is good. These yeah. are so, you know, a lot of kids, they want they want to get out of mass. Yeah. Um, so we've trained tried to teach them you don't want to get out of mass <laughs> yeah. like with you know we'll do nightly prayer and that's been a journey um for uh, what has worked for us and i would encourage other parents to try it is we turn off all the lights and we have a, like an oil lamp mm-hmm. and they actually they get a like they argue even sometimes whose turn it is to carry the light yeah. to the their room. Bearer, so yeah. they carry it to their room. It's one of the you know the storm lanterns. Yeah. Uh, and so that kind of like sets the environment. And the hardest thing as far as with kids, obviously, is the uh, just you know getting everything calm and you've got a million things on your mind you know you want to get them to bed on time you want to hurry up and so i found this quote um francis de sales said that um 
He used to say that if we do nothing else but banish distractions and temptation in our prayer, the prayer is well made. Say that one more time. So he said, if we do nothing else but banish distractions and temptations in our prayers, the prayer is well made, Mm -hmm. which is the the biggest challenge for parents. Um, So that's helped. Also, we went through a phase where we were saying the rosary every night. And then I started to notice that the kids were just, it started off, they were all participating. They were very doing a very good job. And then we started to notice they were kind of wandering off. They were in such a kind of a, it was just going through the motions, going through the motions. So what we did is I said, you know what, we're going to rotate this. So, you know, the next night, you know, I read to them from the Psalms, um, the next night, you know, we did, you know, seven Hail Marys, seven Glory Bees, seven mm-hmm. Our Fathers. Uh, the next night, we actually, we started to have them read their own prayers, and that worked really well. Um, little Evangeline was reading the Prayer for Peace because she's just starting to read, and it's very mm-hmm. repetitive. Mm-hmm. So she's been slowly reading that over and over and over again, mm-hmm. and now she's really taking pride in it. She's really good at it, it now. Yeah, yeah. And, and so what we found, and then we cycled back to the rosary, and um it just, we wanted their faith to be alive. And um, so I think you kind of, you do have to change things up. Um, not that the discipline isn't good for them, but it, you know, we could just tell that they were, they were in a whole nother place, you know, so. Yeah, ah, oh, so good. And, and you know, the, the, the thing that I hear that I, that I want to capitalize on is, you know, you guys are, are not just going through the motions, you're really paying attention to how the children are absorbing it and changing up things as yeah. needed. And I, I just think that is is so important too to to not just say this is what we're going to do and you know, yeah. but yeah. but really to pay attention to how responsive the kids are and changing it up as needed. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I think it's, that's so important. It is because they can have you know as a, even as adults who have mature relationships you know with Christ and our faith. We can go through dry spells, too, where we feel like we're not really getting anything out of what we're praying. And so, you know, the kids go through the same thing. Like the first time, like Jerome was saying, we said the rosary, everybody loved it and everyone was paying attention and saying the prayers. And, you know, over time, I think it's really important to remember they're just they're just like us in terms of they can get just caught up in the monotony of it and they need it to come back and and come alive. So. Yeah, you know, and changing up meditations too, mm-hmm. you know, for the yeah. rosary yeah. and, you yeah, know, it's a great singing idea. it and then, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. reciting it and, you know, all those. And having them each, you know, say a, de- a decade, yeah. you yeah. know, that helps. Yeah. So love it, love it, love it, love it. So, but, but what a blessing that you were able to give to your children by taking them in front of Jesus and the Blessed Sacrament. Oh, yeah. And, they, uh, That quiet, you know, it's, I mean, not just, I mean, obviously the Blessed Sacrament being there is the most important part, but even just the quiet, you know, for so many reasons, it's good for them, you know, and they, they really, you know, you'd think a kid would just be very restless or, but there's something that, you know, they, they know Christ is there. Mm -hmm. They know even more than the adults. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I'll never forget so. when we took Guinevere for the first time. She was four because that's the age where they get to enter the rotation. Once they're four and they can be good in church, they can start yeah. going to adoration with drum on Sundays. And yeah. 
one of her first time we walked out and I was like so what'd you think she goes I felt Jesus from my head to my toes Aww. and I was like oh my gosh <laughs> Aww, wow. it's that's super amazing. sweet yeah that's really amazing yeah it's true they can they can see things and feel things that adults can miss so. yeah we are talking with Jerome and Angela Schmeidler and uh, we're talking about raising girls in today's culture and uh, talking about a whole lot of things. What are some of the other wonderful, you know, suggestions that you can share with? Well, I would say, too, I, I kind of wanted to touch base on um, the forgotten use of guardian angels. <laughs> I think, you know, we when we're young, you always learn your guardian angel prayer. But I think that, you know, as you get older, you kind of forget that you can always call on them for help. And uh, there's a prayer um, in a, the book is called Mother Love, and it's a prayer that I, I absolutely love it. It's praying to your children's guardian angel and thanking them for protecting them throughout the day and even protecting them in my own human shortcomings. You know, as a mother, you're busy and you're looking at one way or you're doing another. And before you know it, one is doing something they're not supposed to do. And thank God they didn't get hurt. Right. So, I mean, those little moments, you know, to thank their guardian angel for stepping in and protecting them and uh, always asking them for help. You know, I tell the girls there's a battle going on for their souls every moment of the day. And I think that if more people really saw their day-to-day choices as an actual battle going on, they would make different choices. (laughs) And every time they choose to... be kind and obey the law of God and obey the Ten Commandments. They're helping their guardian angel win that battle for their soul. And I think that, um, you know, if, if they can just, you know, kids have a very vivid imagination, so they can picture that going on behind them and constantly talking about, you know, well, did you hear your guardian angel voice? That guardian angel is telling you not to do that. You know, I think that for them it helps to really grasp the importance of what's really going on right. in the spiritual realm of their lives. Yeah, excellent. I think that is... That's a, a great tool to use. So if they Google um, Mother's uh, Love, will they find it? Or Mother they should Love find Prayer? the book, Mother yeah, Love. Yeah, there's, there's been a lot of different editions over the years. And I know yours is an older edition. Um, there still is a confraternity that produces one, but I can't confirm if it's in there. Hopefully it is. Um, there are some companies publishing in, uh, like an original version. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you find an old copy, it's always a gem. I mean, as far as that goes, but it's one of those things that's changed a lot over the years. Mm-hmm. So it, it, hopefully it's in the new one, but I can't confirm it. So. Yeah. Or they can just walk into Messenger that's true. Gifts and, yeah, and that's, you'll help them to find I the do, book that has true. it, right? Do, so. I do have a, a, the, an origi- a reprint of an original. So Okay, excellent, excellent. All right, but talking about girls, what do you do at this young age to teach girls how to conduct themselves modestly? That is something that is really rough. Um, it is. And it probably my biggest struggle as a mm-hmm. as a mom when they were young was, was you know, the countercultural... Um, dressing modestly challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that um, immodesty in general stems from a lack of uh, respect for one's body and oneself. And it kind of touches base on, you know, when you have young kids exposed to social media and whatnot, they, they need to see themselves as who God created them to be. And I think that if they can respect 
their bodies and, and to love their bodies the way God made them to be. I think it'll trickle down when they're older. Um, that's my hope anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so we're teaching them that, you know, their bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit and they need to be, needed to be treated that way, you know. And at this young age, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, the foods we eat, the medications we take, you know, how we act, how we treat our bodies. You know, it all needs to be to glorify the Lord. And so our hope is that uh, by continuing to teach them to do that um, and also leading by example, I think, how, you know, the parents react to certain things and how they behave and dress I think that plays a role too so but yeah just teaching them to respect their bodies and be aware of what's going on yeah and also also that how they dress or even how men dress can influence other people mm-hmm. can you know negative negatively or positively as far as I mean I think it is a two-way street um but you know we can cause other people to sin by what we wear. Yeah. yeah. Um, so and and I and I hold the same standards for men. Um, yeah. So men do wear inappropriate clothing at times. Mm-hmm. So. Or or you know are looking at women in a way that that maybe they shouldn't. You mm-hmm. know and and regardless of how they're they're dressed modestly right. or immodestly, right. we right. still need to guard right. our eyes. That's you know, right. For for yeah. the the men, the, there's a. You know, and I'd like to hear some of your resources that, that you use in all of this, and I think our listeners would be interested in it as well, and they can all come to your bookstore and, and get those sources. But the one that is coming to my mind whenever you talked about that is, um, I don't know if you've heard of, emotion. I think it's called Emotional chastity maybe by sarah swafford okay Um, okay yeah um, you know i know she gives talks she travels internationally actually and gives talks but i think they've written some books but what they did is they um one day they they live at benedictine college her husband's Mm -hmm. a professor there and uh, they had some of the students the college students come over and they just started asking them questions and, Mm -hmm. and that really resulted in you know how to teach to treat women the oh, way they should perfect, be treated yeah. you know yeah. how the girls should dress and, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and you know things like that so very interesting resource mm-hmm. out there and i don't know what the name of her book is i can't but, remember i know um, what you're talking about yeah there's the, I the author think, sarah swafford i know that for yeah sure. yeah any of the jason christina everett books mm-hmm. they seem to touch on that quite often yeah. um Oh, uh, and there's one called uh, Dressing with Dignity. Okay. Um, it's, an, it's a little bit older one, and the, they probably should do an update to the cover because it looks, it looks a little outdated, but it's still very relevant. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. But. And any parenting, we talked about the Fulton Sheen book, which I didn't even realize he had a book on parenting. Yeah. Any other books that you would maybe recommend to some of our listeners? Um, I know Dr. Ray Grundy has a lot of really great parenting books. Like Advice Worth Advice. Ignoring. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, we uh, went to actually listen to him speak at one of the Divine Mercy banquets. At the banquet. yes. And it was great. I love how he relates to, you know, just the everyday struggles of parenting. And he has really great advice and advice to to ignore as well <laughs> that you hear that you should just in one ear and out the other. But uh, he, he has a lot of things. He gives a really great advice on yeah. what to do and what not to do. Yeah. So any book by him I love. So. Yeah, excellent. Love it. Yeah, and just the, I picked a few gems out of the Bible here. So this is, these commandments that I give you today are to be your, in your on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk, to, talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. When you lie down and when you get up. That's Deuteronomy 6, 6 to 7. 
And then from Proverbs, discipline your children and they will give you peace of mind and will make your heart glad. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's tons yeah. of other, mm-hmm. uh, other supporting and they all, it seems like all the, all that wisdom lines up. Mm-hmm. I would like to say that I've, I've noticed on some uh, Christian, you know, and Catholic mother blogs that sometimes they bring up St. John Bosco and I could never figure it out because he has some advice that is, I don't want to say contrary to like Fulton Sheen or the Bible or, but he has some specific advice on children. And I've seen this advice kind of be adopted for raising, for parents using it to raise their kids. And I couldn't figure this out because St. John Bosco is such an amazing saint. I'm like, there's no way he's in contrary to the gospel or anything. So I pulled up the full document and what I noticed is that he never mentions parents or children, mm-hmm. but over and over he mentions uh, principals, rectors, um, teachers, teachers uh, people who run orphanages. And so it dawned on me, this is not parenting advice. Mm-hmm. This is advice for people who have a completely different role over your children. You know, uh, a teacher's authority over a child is not the same as a parent's. Mm-hmm. Um, and so his advice is so that these, his, you know, the, the kids he took in were very abused. So his advice was, you know, to use care and a different level of, um, you know, discipline. discipline with these, with these children that frankly, I mean, uh, yeah, a rector or a teacher, something shouldn't be doing with your children anyway. So, um, I found that interesting, but I've noticed that advice has been, um, kind of like kind of cut up and then it's been um, put on different blogs and so parents have been adopting this they've used it as an excuse they've said not to ever spank their child Mm -hmm. and so and then it just was like wow he never once mentions parents or their children ever in that in that that teaching document so kind of interesting that is interesting i had not picked up on that before we need to take a short break right now but don't change that dial we'll be right back with more about raising girls in today's culture with jerome and angela schmeidler We're back on One Body Stewarding God's Creation. One body. Raising girls in today's culture. One body. Stewarding God's creation. With Jerome and Angela Schmeidler. One body. One body. Kelly Loper conducts the interview. One body. talking with Jerome and Angela Schmeidler and uh, talking about raising children, especially girls, because they have five girls. So talk about discipline and every child is different. I mean, some kids, you could, you know, you could spank them and spank them and spank them Mm -hmm. and it wouldn't make a difference. Another child, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you spank them and they're devastated, right? So, so, you know, and and I'm not saying the spanking is is or isn't the answer. I'm not trying to weigh in on that. I'm just talking about how discipline is so different between children. Yeah, and I think it it really stems from just their different personalities and the way the number they fall in in order so like the oldest 
we didn't have to do much mm-hmm. with. Yeah, yeah, she didn't really. That's been our experience. Yeah, like it has. It's definitely um, some of the some of the kids really reacted to if he would take something away. Yeah, they were a devastated. Toy or but something. then, as a Magdalene, <laughs> she you, doesn't really mind if we take her you toy. Can take so you got to kind you of <laughs> take everything she owns, and she'd be yeah, like, Yeah, she'd be all know, right. So, it's, so I do think will on she it. is. Yeah. She is. And you know, it's walking like you walking the line of I don't want to break her strong will because that will aid her as an adult. You know, you want to be able to have her keep her strong determined nature but just keep it in check as a child and and be obedient and I kind of like to refer to um, the word meek because a lot of people who uh, disagree with you know if you're having trying to defend the faith with someone they'll be like well aren't you supposed to be meek doesn't the meek you know and I think that that word is actually a Greek word um, that used to describe horses and having a meek horse was actually a very strong horse that just knew when to ride hard in battle and then knew when to be obedient. Yeah. And so being meek is not necessarily looked at as being weak. It's actually looked at as being strong and knowing when to use those strengths. Mm-hmm. And so with our strong, determined girls, I think it's really important that um, we don't break their spirit so much as teach them how and when to apply it to their lives so that they can be successful later on. Mm-hmm. And, and so give me an example and give our listeners an example of how you, how you do that. You know, I think there's an overabundance of mercy in our culture. So we try and balance like the justice and mercy and using prudence to know which virtues to apply. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Christ is not all mercy and he's not all justice. Mm-hmm. But I think we forget to keep those in balance, especially in today's culture. And I think some of the some of the specific methods we've used, I mean, we've obviously we we've had to spank them on occasion taken things away um we've given them you know chores chores um we've uh let's see what else i think too they they need to learn because for our girls especially they like to explain because they don't like to disappoint us so they want to explain to us their reasoning when they get in trouble mm-hmm. and i think it's you know for me personally i try to make them either go on a timeout so they can be calm and i can be calm and then we'll come together and we'll have that discussion mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it's important, you know, we do the deep breaths and counting to calm down because, (laughs) you know, there's a lot of drama when you've got girls and everyone wants to talk at the same time to explain, you know, where, what, who did this and who did that. And I think just, you know, taking that minute where everybody needs to be calm and, you know, just go to your room, take this time, calm down and then come back and we'll have that discussion. And I think just listening to them and trying to work on the problem from there all of our girls have had a period around between two and three where they were like they really tested yeah you know tested us they pushed back every girl and you know and it's not that they're bad kids and but we we determined that in those moments they were i laugh about but they are not going to (laughs) win so um no matter what they think and after that it was all done it was like and they were almost more um, once they realize they lost, and I hate to use the word win or lose, but it is a, it is essentially a game to them, and they're they're exerting their will and their pride and all these things. Like Angela said, they're that they're developing, and you know they're uh, that are, will be good attributes later on. But they need to know that they have to should respect authority, not just us. They should respect people that are older than them. You know, people in that have authority over them in public. And I think Fulton Sheen gave another good example where. 
um, modern culture says, why are you exercising intelligent control over your kids? And he said, well, that's funny because uh, your doctor has, no one has a problem with their doctor exercising a lot of control over them. Um, we can think of procedures, giving them shots. Um, there are all, all kinds of situations where other people are exerting control over us and no one has a problem with it. But with kids, yeah, I just think we, everyone, and after that, they were just, it was incredible how much better they were. But they, we could tell, like, this is their moment. They're, they yeah. are giving it all they got, yeah. and ev everyone is lost. Well, I mean. if you think about, you know, the progression of things, you know, when you're, when they're so little, like before they were two, they never once questioned, you know, your authority. You told them to do something, they did it. And then once they start to be able to be like, well, wait a minute, I don't want to go to bed, or I don't want to potty train, or something yeah. like that, you know, it's just natural for them to start questioning that. And something that, you know, we've explained to our girls, too, is that, you know, when you get to be an adult, you don't get to do whatever you want. You still have to follow rules. You know, God gave us the Ten Commandments. You have to follow them. I have to follow them. doesn't matter how old you get. You still have to follow rules. And uh, Evangeline one time told me, she goes, I can't wait to grow up. I'm going to make dinner just out of peanut butter. I'm like, okay, you can do that. But <laughs> yeah. that's a rule you give. There's no rule against that. But, I mean, you still have to follow um, the rules uh, that, the, you know, the lay of the land, society. But most importantly, you know, you still have to follow God. We, I can't do whatever I want. And when, so, and sometimes, sometimes they are, you know, they should be asking us questions. But sometimes, I mean, my mom always said, "No means no," and really, they don't always need a reason yeah. to explain why. If it, you know, it might save their life, but they don't, you know, they should listen. And so, I think when they're older, you know, we're encouraging them to use their reason to to question things, you know, to question respectfully authority, mm -hmm. to question um, not right. to be just a, a mindless, person. you know, believing everything you hear. Um, but, you know, with, with their parents, um, it's a different role. I think maybe that's been confused. And Fulton Sheen said people confuse freedom, uh, freedom with love and love with freedom, mm -hmm. you know, um, especially parents. Yeah. So. I, I agree. Mm. Um, I would, I would encourage the parents to not be afraid and to be willing to look different. Mm. Don't expect the secular world to agree with what you're doing or don't expect to fit in. Don't expect to look the same. I think that it would be crazy for them, for people to expect that the, to blend in. I just think you, we will look different and that's okay. Um, and that's what that's what the world needs. We don't need more um, more of the same because it's not been working. I mean, I just can't can't see anyone making a rational argument that parenting has been working the last fifty years. So, I would just like to leave with uh, with saying that parenting. I think if you had to describe it, would be the sacrificial love in like. Because it's it's dying unto oneself and your own selfish inclinations and um, on the days and nights when you feel completely defeated because, you know, you can have the best laid parenting plan and one day it just nothing works out. And on those days, I think it's really important to just, you know, look to the cross and know how much your father has sacrificed for you and his sacrificial love for you. And then, 
you know, it's helped for me to picture, you know, the Blessed Mother at the foot of the cross and what she sacrificed for me. And I think that it's important, too, as parents to remember that, you know, the love between a woman and a man in cooperation with God, God's will, you know, will brought life into the world. And so as parents, you know, don't forget, you know, to still every day cooperate with his will and ask, you know, what is his will for your day and um, for, for your children and Another thing I wanted to say was uh, another Fulton Sheen quote, actually. <laughs> he, uh, my favorite book by him is uh, The World's First Love, and it's my favorite. And he says, the man governs the home, but the woman reigns. And government is related to justice, and reigning is related to love. So just by you know embracing your God-given roles as father and mother and husband and wife, and the rest will just follow. Um, you know, God made us, man and woman, to complement each other and not to compete with with each other so just you know be confident in your role and um, I think that God will bless you for it so excellent love it love it love it love it you know this is this is an interesting one what would you say to someone who is expecting their first child okay I would say start talking about um, you know start talking about their parenting what their expectations um, you know what they had what they had in mind how they were raised possibly um you know and maybe start you know discussing what would you know what worked what they you know they don't think did work i would say talk about it you know just get get the conversation going at least i mean they're gonna have a lot of time before but i mean kids kids grow fast and they're a lot smarter than parents give them credit for even even little babies Mm -hmm. i mean so they start paying attention fast. I would, what say, would you say very similar to what you were saying. I think that also kind of just adapting, you know, if, if you think you have what's going to work one day, and like you said, if what works with one kid doesn't work with the other, it's okay to change it. It's okay to um, change gears <laughs> that way. And um, I would say also that, you know, just like what Jerome said, they grow really fast, and it's really easy when they're this little in the crazy days to kind of just be like, oh, I can't wait for them to be, you know, self-sufficient or older, and, you know, just be careful not to wish those days away because a good point. it goes really, really fast, and um, the kids just really want to spend time with their parents. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's that old saying, you know, you spell time, L-O-V-E, and I think that, oh, wait, no, I got it backwards. You spell love, T-I-M-E. I got it backwards, yeah. Um, so just spending time with your children and um, not wishing these days away. Yeah, not go too fast. Yeah, you always hear that. Oh, I can't wait till they're not three or two, you know. And it's like, eh, I mean, yeah, It'll I just, just come with you don't want to wish that. I mean, that yeah. that is such a great age, actually. I mean, you always hear it negatively, but they may test you. But I mean, that's also such a fun age, you know. Yeah. They're they're learning and growing and they're so everything's so exciting to them and i mean you can't blame them i mean we we need to be taught to deny our flesh not just hope that we'll learn i mean the society doesn't apply that to anything else um you know we don't uh oh let's see another fulton sheen here thing (laughs) why they said why don't he says why not wait until they're 21 and then let them decide which language they want to learn you know i mean it's the world the world doesn't want your kids to be good they don't want them to uh think think with reason um they don't they want them to be uh in trouble good little consumers that buy the latest ipod i mean they're, they're not interested in you being happy or your kids 
Um, so. Yeah. yeah, there are two quotes that keep coming to my mind that were told to me when I was a young mom. I'm obviously not a young mom anymore. Um, one was, remember you're raising teenagers. Mm, so, you mm-hmm. know, you guys were talking about obedience. You know, that is the first virtue to get from our children. Yeah. Once we have obedience, you know, then, then we have the rest. We wanted to, them to obey out of love, mm-hmm. you know, out of yeah. love, not out of fear. You right. Know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Certainly sometimes, you know, the, we got to put the fear in yeah. them sometimes. Right. But right. there's a healthy fear. Yeah. There's yeah. a healthy fear. But, but nonetheless, you know, to gain that obedience out of love is so important. Yeah. And, and to model, you mm-hmm. know, those good behaviors so important. The other one was if you raise your children well, you can spoil your grandchildren. <laughs> oh, that's good. You'll be raising your grandchildren. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's a very good you know, one. And, wow. and that one really hit me, and I love spoiling my grandkids, and I'm yeah. so grateful that, that, you know, God blessed us in, in that way, you know, yeah. so far that, that you know, we we do have our kids are, are doing a good job of raising their, their own kids, and it's beautiful to see. Um, you know, doesn't mean it won't change tomorrow, right? But, yeah, but yeah. you know, nonetheless, but that is something to, to really keep in mind. Yeah. Is, and, and I think it all goes back to, to that obedience factor yeah, so they end up you. So they end up loving out of respect, yeah. not, not fear, yeah. so that it, once it clicks in, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, excellent. And I really appreciate you putting yourself out there and and putting your you know putting yourself out there for criticism as well as for for praise um, for for you know all of the things that you shared with us because I'm sure that our our listeners gained quite a bit from that. So if you would like to to get some of the resources that they were talking about, then go to Messenger Traditional Catholic Book and Gift Store, and uh, you can meet if you don't already know you can meet Jerome and Angela personally and talk with them and continue this conversation. Thanks for tuning in to this week's One Body Stewarding God's Creation show. And thanks to all of you who support this radio network. To learn more about Divine Mercy Radio's evangelization mission, please visit dvmercy.com and also download the free phone app. You're listening to Divine Mercy Radio 105.7 KMDG Hayes, 101.7 KJDM Lindsborg Salina, 88.1 KRTT Great Bend and 88.1 KBDM Hayes. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. One body, God's creation.